Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT's After Hours. Conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We're talking again with uh, Spencer Defty from Naughty Wood Barbecue Company. They're making almond pellets. Uh, they're in Woodland, California. You can find them online. Spencer's going to tell you that again in a minute. Um, but give them a shot. I think you'll be pleased with them. So, Spencer, this is the part of the show where we just kind of freewheel and talk about this stuff uh, we want to talk about. So, when you started this process, did anybody say, Spencer, you're out of your mind? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> uh, but that's been said a lot about me, and probably about 70% of it's true. <laughs> <laughs> What, what were their, the reasoning behind it? Like it's impossible to get into this business. It's not profitable enough. It's, I mean, there's a, it, as of so any we, business, we, there's a litany of reasons not to do it. So, well, the number one, the, the, the barrier of, of entry into the pellet business is so astronomical that, uh, you know, I had to mortgage my wife, my children, my ranch, everything yeah. to, to do this so that there, there's a risk factor in there. Right. And then, um, talking to some of the different people in the industry, the barrier was the density of the wood, like we talked about. And so, you know, for me, I guess I have that personality type that if you tell me I can't do it, it's a challenge. So we worked closely with, um, a manufacturer of extruding equipment and we, spent oh, over $50,000 just in testing to, to come up with um, a specification on an extruder that would do this. And so we, um, we worked, like I said, very closely and sent wood, shipped wood over all over the country, up into Canada for testing. And um, through that process, we were able to to, to overcome that challenge and, and get to it, which was kind of the final stage. At that point, we were a quarter million dollars in the research and development phase of it. And um, so then we decided to commit. So we went to the bank and uh, <laughs> the bank was gracious enough to lend us the money to go do this. And we're neck deep in it. And we just feel really, really um, strongly that we, um, obviously I have a biased opinion, but we feel like we have the premium barbecue pellet on the market in today's world. And that we also have something very unique, which is a chain of custody from raw product to finished product that nobody else has. Right. Everybody else subcontracts the raw product out. They, in many cases, 
um, you'll go and you'll buy a bag that'll say XYZ and the other one will be gourmet competition blend and they're the exact same pellet in a different bag with a different name because of their going out to a large mill that uh, has tooled up for barbecue pellets for three weeks and they're going to put out 300,000 pounds of pellets in three weeks and they're going to do it for three different manufacturers. So it's um, it's much more personal for us. Well, first of all, you said four real scary words. We went to the bank. Those those are scary words for me. Um, but also, you know, we have a couple of mills up here, and I've been to them, and they're efficient and all that. But you know, they that company is smart enough now to go. Mill A over here is does the home heating pellets. Mill B over here does the food pellets because they were, I think, and I don't know this officially, but they were, you know, changing gears, so to speak, when they were switching from one to the other. And now they, they've got enough mills and they own some other mills back east that they've changed and say, these are food and these are heating. Um that is a a good point but when you've got your own mill and it's specifically for food pellets you're pretty well guaranteed that you're not going to get any bad stuff in there um because in the home heating pellets you know they use a glue and they use all kinds of stuff in there and um being kind of familiar with that and seeing the bins of wood that they bring in and they're all chopped up into little blocks and it's an efficient way to do it. And, and they make a good pellet, you know, I'm not going to say they're not, and I'm not going to say their name, but it seems to me that everybody that manufactures a barbecue goes out and says, okay, now I need to have my own line of pellets. And like you said, they're really, Somebody else is making them. You're one of the only guys I've ever talked to that said, yeah, we're going to make barbecue pellets, but we want our own mill. And so you really went for it in, in that respect. Um, the other ones are just farm entered out. So, uh, you know, you can't fool an old horse trader, so to speak, on this stuff. Well, and, and really, um, Jeff, the, the, the best analogy I can could probably give you and to inform your listeners of is friends pellet manufacturing. So most of these barbecue pellets are just a, a fuel pellet uh, manufacturer that, like you said, transitions over or dedicates a mill or two within that fuel pellet mill to make a barbecue pellet. Right. Um, those, those mills are producing at about 150 tons an hour. They're huge mills with with many extruders in line. Our mill produces 1.5 tons an hour. It is specifically dedicated to um, those pellets. It would be the difference between Hostess Bakery and your locally owned shop that's run and grandma does all the baking and you know that you're going there and you're going to pay more, but you're getting a premium product. It's really the difference between standard and poor cuts of meat, prime and choice. Right. Right. So if you're, if you're buying prime choice uh, cuts and you want to barbecue it, are you willing to take the prime and the choice and mix it up with standard import pellets? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And we've even had some old lumber mills convert uh, 
because we got a ton of them around here, convert to manufacturing pellets. Um, you know, they've reconfigured their mills and, and done that. And then on the other side of the parking lot, they're still making two by fours. But uh, again, you, you kind of have to scratch your head a little bit and say, what all are they putting in there? Um, and, and who are they making it for? So it, they're valid questions and it's not a big evil thing. It's just that I think people want that information and they, they should know that. Well, what what you won't get out of our mill is is you won't get Joe, the production manager, calling the guy on the loader and saying, "Hey, the mill's starting to run low. Grab some wood and put it in." And the loader operators clear across the yard, and so he just grabs a load of fuel raw product and runs and dumps it in for efficiency to keep that mill going. Right. And mixes woods that you don't want. That'll never happen in our mill because if our raw product is is specific. We don't we don't have conifers in our piles at all um, that are designed for fuel pellets. We sure. only have the hardwoods that we're going to blend. So you're always getting that guarantee of getting that that clean material. Now, Spencer, you made your own uh, pellet grill. You um, no. Oh, I thought you made your own, not to sell, but one that you use yourself. So I, I, I have a stick burner that we built that's, that was okay. for the, the large veteran barbecues that we have. So okay. yeah, we, we, we went into our shop and made our own stick burner. Now we keep talking about designing and building one, you know, and along with that, we'll be coming out with some rubs here shortly, a rub that we, that is uh, proprietary to our recipe. Um, as well as some marinades, um, and then the new the new fuel pellets that'll be or uh, barbecue pellets that will be different blends that we talked about during the show. Yeah, well, you're you are neck deep, buddy. You are you are neck deep. So it is time for the world famous barbecue nation lightning round. Are you ready for this, Spencer? I'm ready. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could work and cook with one of your barbecue heroes who would it be oh man let's see here who would who would be my bar i you know i i'm really intrigued by meathead probably more than more than any of them i i, I don't know them at all really well but he's uh he's an interesting personality for sure that he is i'll be talking to him again this afternoon so I, well i talk to him frequently so i will let him know you said that <laughs> In a positive way. Yeah. In a positive way. Um, well, then how about this? If you could cook and then dine with a historical figure, who would it be? Uh, do they have to be currently alive? No. No. It'd probably be, oh, if, if it was anybody, it'd have to be Thomas Jefferson. There you go. There you go. What would your menu be? I told you these were irreverent. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a tough one. My menu would probably be uh, ribeyes, uh, some mixed vegetables, um, wild rice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, over 
a nice Camus Cabernet. Well, that's even better. Uh, if we yeah. put your skills to music, what would the music be? Put my skills to music? Yeah, if you were going to yeah. have background this music all day long and every the world heard it, what would it be? Oh, and the world heard it. What would it be? I don't know. It would probably be a, a whole mix of different music in there. I like just about all genres of music. There's very few that I don't listen to. So I am, I like stuff from the World War II era, the 40s and 50s stuff. I like a blend of classic rock, Eagles. Oh, yeah. Um, Petty, right? Uh, and then I like traditional country from, you know, Hank Williams Sr. to Merle Haggard to George Jones to traditional cowboy music like Ian Tyson and Don yep. Edwards. So oh, I'm yeah. all over the board. I used to, Don Edwards used to be part of my horse show. He would come up and um, when he came through town, which was every couple of years, we would sit in my studio and he would record a bunch of um, songs, his songs with just him and a, his guitar, um, which is the way he played most of his concerts too. But he would sit in there and we had a bunch of tracks that we did over the years together uh, just for my shows. He was, he was a fun guy to be around. Don was a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I knew him pretty well back in the day from when we used to go out and mess about. We used, there's a bunch of us used to go out into the desert for the old, for the cowboy poetry gathering sure. been in years, but it, it got kind of crazy. And so, you know, we'd all meet out there in the desert and get together back when I was a young man. And, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, him, oh, yeah. So him and is. Waddy Mitchell and, and uh, Sons of the San Joaquin and all those guys. I was friends with all those guys. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I knew all them pretty well, too. Yeah. Um, Waddy had his place out in Jigs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember the first thing you ever grilled or smoked? I don't remember the first thing. I would say, as a, so we were always barbecuing. As a kid, you know, my, yeah. my father um, was in, grew up in an agrarian society. And so my grandparents always barbecued. So in deer camp, um, this was way, way, way back. I mean, this was in the early 70s. I remember going with my grandfather and my dad in downtown San Francisco to what was called the Loose Meat Company. And we would buy these cases of meat that were called then fillet tails is what they called them. And it was, it was the, what we know now today as the tri-tip. Right. And it was, it was considered a junk meat. Right. They used to put it in grind. Yep. Yep. It was considered a junk meat. My grandfather and my dad would buy these by the case and we would take them up here into the hills outside of Napa, California, where we'd have a deer camp and we'd throw these great big parties on the Belcher ranch. That was, you know, there'd be 50, 60, 70 people show up for these parties and we'd barbecue pie tips or flay tails. And um, we have an old family recipe that's a marinade form that we'll be coming out with. It was just fantastic on them. And that's carried on today um, through myself uh, and my brothers. We, we still have the recipe. And um, it was a combination of my mother. My mother's Japanese. My father met her in the Marine Corps in Japan. And it was a combination of a recipe that she had um, that my grandfather tweaked 
and it's our traditional tri-tip marinade. Well, there you go. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't had, um, tri-tips, didn't know what they were actually until I went to Brazil and this was a long time ago and, um, came home and my cousin is a butcher and I went and talked to him and I said, I want some tri-tips. And he goes, Oh, we just put that in the hamburger. I said, no, I want some tri-tips. And then he lived quite a ways away from me. So I went to the local guy and I said, I want some tri-tips. And he looked at me like I was nuts. And that, I got hooked on them though. Like you were just saying, I really got hooked on, on uh, cooking and eating tri-tips. And now, like with Painted Hills Company that I work with, go try and find one of their tri-tips because when they put them out, they go fast. That's the only thing I can say about that. Um, so uh, a, a little trick for your listeners who are tri-tip fans. Sure. And I just stumbled across this three or four years ago. Um, if you really want to loosen those tri-tips up and make them really tender, buy them, stick them in the freezer for three weeks, three, four or five weeks, yep. pull them out and then barbecue them. Yep. That process of freezing and thawing just really relaxes and makes them nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we have them at least a couple times a month. They're really good. Um, so would you describe yourself as a sweatshirt or a formal, formal wear kind of guy? No, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, let's put it this way. My, my kids and everybody, it was funny this morning coming over for this interview. I just have a regular, whatever, button down shirt that's, um, yeah, you know, one of your, your regular retailers. And I pulled up to a friend and they're like, what are you all dressed up for? I said, what do you mean dressed up? I said, look at you guys. I put on a regular shirt and everything thinks I'm dressed up because of my uniform that my kids call it is a Wrangler denim shirt and Wrangler jeans. So yep. I'm a denim on <laughs> denim guy. Very good. Would you describe yourself, Spencer, as corn fed or grass fed? Oh, man, I am probably right in between oh, little I, grass, little grain. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm definitely corn fed. Trust me on that. Um, boxers or briefs? Briefs. There you go. <laughs> I was interviewing one of my lady guests one times and I somehow threw that question out there. And she goes, neither, nothing. And I went, okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have a favorite movie? Uh, yeah, I probably have two favorite movies. Well, three, a couple of them. Anyhow, I like, you've ever seen the the original Monty Walsh with... Oh, yeah. Lee Marvin? Lee Marvin. You bet. Jack Palance. Yeah. 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 That's one of my favorites. Uh, the Rounders with Glenn Ford, Ford and Henry Fonda. That is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Chill Wills. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I also love uh, Paint Your Wagon. Yep. <sighs> yep. They, they're they still part, not much, but way up in the Wallalas, they're still, you can still get to the fields and stuff where they filmed those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, not much yeah, there. Everything was... was torn down, but you can kind of see where the set was and stuff. It's kind of interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize it was filmed up, up in the wild. So it, it was up there in that M, M Yeah. 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 
outside of Joseph up there. Belt cutting up there. Yeah. 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 I belt cutting it up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, super pretty country. Well, you kind of answered this because it says um, Dire Straits or Justin Bieber, and I'm pretty sure you're not a Justin Bieber fan. But no, it's Dire Straits for sure. There you go. And lastly, um, and this is a more serious question, but what's the hardest thing about owning your own business today, especially in the business you're in? You know, quite quite frankly, it's it's funny you ask that because we were just having this conversation the other day with some folks, and it's as as an employer, you really feel a, a heavy burden to to um, make sure that you have a quality environment for your employees and that you're keeping enough work out ahead so that so that they can um, have a place that's safe. You know, just just two days ago, an employee's wife texted me. He's he's Hispanic, speaks some broken English. Great guy, hard worker. You know, one of those immigrants that we want in the country who wants sure. to contribute. Um, and his wife texted in the morning early and said, "Hey, my Adon's taking me to to the doctor. I'm not feeling well, and he needs a day off." And I just texted back and said, no worries. I hope you feel better. You know, just let us know how things are going. And, um, his brother-in-law, who is one of my best friends, he's a Iraq war vet who stepped on an IED and lost both legs. That's a whole other story. But he called later in the day and said, Hey, my sister's going into surgery. She's got some complications. And I just told him whatever Don needs, just tell him, take the week off, be with his family, make sure that she's cared for. And if, Money's an issue. We'll work that out on advancement of pay or whatever. We can work all that out. Sure. For us to be able to provide that kind of environment is really the biggest, uh, I think, burden that that you wear as a small business employer is is to make sure that that, that you're providing that. I mean, yeah, we're a for-profit company, but in the process of that, I think there's this misconception in today's political environment that somehow by being in business for profit you're um that's all you're driven by that's a complete falsehood i mean we really enjoy building the team we really um have a have a respect for what our employees do and that um that that there's a there's a responsibility on our part as employers to provide that environment and, and to do good by our employees and you know, largely on the monetary side, that's driven by how, whether or not we can make that work. Yeah. But in the end, to to be able to do what we did over the last few days for just that single employee is that's that essentially is the biggest um, driver for Laura and I right now. Yeah, you got to take care of your people. Um, yeah, you're you're only you're only as good as your people are. Yeah. Absolutely. Spencer, real quick, again, share with our listeners your websites, how they can find out more about the almond pellets. So naughtywoodbarbecue.com is uh, where you want to go. And there's an e-commerce site there as well as some informational uh, things in there. We're coming out with a frequently asked questions to answer some of those questions about uh, pellet uh, grilling and to help uh, those people that are both in the advanced side as well as the entry level there, these are really quite, um, quite a unique way. It's, I always tell people who haven't used the pellet grill, 
once you buy them, you get a start at about an 80% level right out of the box. They're just so easy with YouTube. Anything you want to cook, you can just YouTube it. It sure. pops right up and you've got a basic platform that it just, it turns out awesome. Yep. That's it. Spencer Defty from um, Naughty Wood Barbecue Company and the Almond Pellets. Thanks for being with us. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Well, Jeff, it's 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 been an honor to be invited on to Barbecue Nation, and uh, we just we're really excited about where the industry is going and about being a part of it, and uh, just really enjoyed the conversation today and the opportunity to uh, tell your listeners about it. So, thank you. No worries, and we will do it again, folks. That's going to wrap it up for us this week on After Hours. We'll be back next week with uh, another prying under the sheet, so to speak, of what I do to these poor folks that come on the show, especially in after hours. But it's been great. Spencer's been great. And we will see you all next week right here on Barbecue Nation.